All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Camfer no say. And I'll never give a play. I'll take your photos to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from a bay to make them stay. Cause I hate when Bailey's, but I manifest a little with my Bailey's. I'm my ancestors, baby. So I give them everything that they gave me. Hey friends, welcome to A Little Juju Podcast. This podcast is all about black ass spirituality, honoring our ancestors, connecting with our ancestors to get to freedom land, to get to liberation, to liberate our freaking selves, to find our inner power and just really hone into that black ass magic that we all carry. I'm your host Juju and I'm very happy to be recording. Yay, I'm back. Honestly, I first of all, I appreciate all the love that I got last week knowing that I skipped an episode and it actually caused me a lot of inner turmoil to skip recording. I felt really uncomfortable. I felt like I was letting everybody down. I felt a lot of guilt and shame. It was just a lot of stuff coming up, which I'm thankful that it did came up because it made me really have to sit back and process like, why am I so distraught that I am not able to record this week? And like, I really needed to get my mind together. I needed to breathe. I just was tired. Like I was tired, tired, tired. And so I just knew that I needed to take a break. And so I'm just appreciative of y'all being like, boo, go take a break. <laughs> we going to be here. Come back. And so I'm just, I'm excited to be back. Um, I appreciate y'all so much. And honestly, that break really prepared me for a reading. You know, I've got my little monthly reading. And baby, <laughs> that reading dragged me from the from the top floor down to the bottom. Like, I, 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 I don't know what to say. Like, you know, sometimes for folks who get... Um, Ifa readings specifically I don't know about other readings Actually probably most readings If you're talking to a good ass diviner Sometimes it feels like You ain't doing shit right (laughs) It's like Damn I really thought I was trying I really thought I was out here Doing what I'm supposed to do And like On top of my stuff And then spirit be like Um yeah that's cute But baby No And it just it's it can be so disheartening sometimes. And so that that break was preparing me to get dragged through the mud and red. And so now I can come back with a little bit more energy. I can come back with a little bit more I don't know. Maybe grace, humility, peace. Cause I got some stuff to work through, y'all. I do. We all do. So I I like to say that because um I remember somebody reached out to me one time and was like thank you for talking about your problems because it seems like, you know, you're like spiritually grounded and like you have a connection with your ancestors and it would seem as if like everything is good. And I'm like, Oh hell nah. So I'm telling y'all now everything ain't good. Everything ain't always good. Life is hard. Um, a lot 
it's expected of a lot of us. And so living up to those expectations can be very hard. And on top of all the trauma that so many of us carry and hold, it's, 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 it's a lot of work. So again, just thank y'all for understanding, um, me needing, needing that break. Um, what I will say is that I started journaling and that has been extremely helpful, like writing things down. Like I need to get better with scheduling. So I'm looking for like a good scheduler or like calendar, like a better way to calendar. And I prefer to write than I do put in my phone. Like I put some things in my phone, but like I need to start mapping out, writing down what I want, writing down what I want to accomplish. When am I going to accomplish it by? Like that's what I need to be on. So if y'all have tips around that, y'all who are good at scheduling and you know, writing stuff down and uh, please help me. Um, I'm also pretty good at like manifesting by writing things down. So I just need to get back in the habit of writing because it's a, it's, it's just easy manifestation work. Even if you're just saying like things I want to accomplish this month and writing those things down is just a easy, basic way to hold yourself accountable and also do like a little choo-choo. Like through, just through writing and manifesting that way. Um, so also what was really great while I've been going through this whole like spiritual transformation rebirth, which is exactly what's happening, which is not, it's not sexy and it's not fun and it's not that interesting. Um, y'all came through and like two listeners sent me like little well, one sent me a care package and the other sent me a Yoni steam. So I got the Yoni steam first. So I'll talk to talk about that. Um, so I got sent a Yoni steam. And for folks who don't know, Yoni steam is basically like an ancient form of healing, cleansing. Um, the uh, Yoni, people say it means womb, but it also can mean like vagina, labia, menorah, majora, like the whole just down there part. Um, so it, it just depends who you ask, honestly, because I've heard different people say different things. But basically for Yoni Steam, you're sitting over a sort of pot. Um, and you can go like to spas and stuff and now actually get Yoni Steams, but you can also do in the crib, which is what I did. And you're sitting over a pot and you're letting uh, a certain amount of herbs and hot water, the steam from hot water and those herbs kind of go up into your yoni, for lack of a better word. So it's really good for people, for a lot of different reasons. People do yoni steams for different reasons. So they can be good for womb healing. So for people who have wombs and carry trauma in the womb area, which a lot of people with wombs do carry trauma in their womb area. Yoni steams, dependent on the type of herbs that are in that blend, can help just do some like detoxifying and clearing of that trauma. And you're like saying mantras to yourself and praying and like kind of holding the womb area. Very healing. Some people use it if they have really bad cramps, like me, depending on the herb herbal blend that you have. It um, can help with kind of clearing out some of that gunk that may be causing your cramps to be so bad. I mean, there's just so many different reasons people use Yoni Steams. I used it because I think in one episode I talked about having bad cramps and um, 
you know, the sister reached out to me and was like, hey, I create, I do blends for Yoni's themes. I will send you something. And she sent it to me and I got it. And it came at a really, really great time as I'm trying to start doing more room work as it is a place that I carry a lot of trauma. And uh, it came... It was just perfect timing. And I've always actually, to be honest, I never thought I was I was unsure about the Yoni's theme. Like I'm I'm always unsure about stuff regarding my pussy. Like, you know, you just gotta be careful. So even though it's just herbs, I'm just always like the whole Yoni thing, it just seemed like it was it was trying to do too much for me. Like I didn't understand it. And then when I thought that I did understand, I was like, I don't think that's for me. Same thing with like, um, Yoni eggs. I'm not, I'm not too sure about Yoni eggs yet. So anyway, I was unsure, but my ancestors, when I got the, the blend, they were like, Oh no, you need to do this tonight. And so I did it. I put my hot water in a little, um, I boiled, I boiled some water in like a pot and I put the herbs in there, you know, you let it cool down just a little bit. And then you like cover the, the rim of the pot with towels so you don't burn your ass. And I did like burn my ass a few times and the steam damn near scorched my ass a few times. But I figured it out eventually. And when I sat on it, that blend, baby, that blend was so good going up in the yoni child. And I fell asleep. I fell asleep right on that pot. I was saying mantras you know, about like that my womb is not a house for trauma. Like my room, my womb is actually not a house for pain and, and hurt, um, but it's a house of magic. It is a house of creation and it is a house of like joy. And so I kept saying that that came to me and I just kept saying it next thing you know, I was knocked out on this pot steam, just going up and on in there. And it was great, great, great. So I just want to send so much love, like just so much great juju to sister steams that's s-i-s-t-a steams s-t-e-a-m-s this will always um no this will be in the show notes so that y'all can see and i received the uh, menstrual blend which contained oh i don't remember everything that it contained right now oh let me actually go look okay the menstrual balance blend is what i got and that contained uh, mugwort, motherwort, uva, ursi, calendula, rosemary, rose petals, jasmine flowers, chamomile, and prairie sage. It was such a good blend. It was really helpful, and it actually sometimes the only things can induce your periods, um, which actually I needed to induce my period because you know it's cleaning you out, it's clearing you out, and so sometimes your period may come a little sooner. And my period has actually been hella late, like. It was, it was very late this month. I was like, hold on now. <laughs> Is this the immaculate conception or am I pregnant? But no, I, I, it was just very late. So this, this blend came at the perfect time. It like induced my period and I came on and I felt good. And yeah, so I just want to recommend this, this product for folks who might be interested in looking into a uni, uh, Yoni steam just reach out there's more than the menstrual blend there's other ones um also with the blend came a little brochure um about with like directions on how to use the steam some materials that you might want to use like it says candles or fit your favorite music a journal crystals you can journal while you're on the steam it tells you you know repeat two to three times monthly like so it comes with a whole little brochure that's really cute and it tells you what's in the blend 
and how to use it. And so check out Sister's Themes. Again, I will put that in the, um, the show notes along with her email and phone number. All you need is a little juju. So the next listener that I want to um, send some love to is uh, Leslie Saligo Botanicals. Y'all, Leslie sent me like a whole ass care package. So she had messaged me on Instagram and I think, I think it was at a point where I was just feeling some type of way. Maybe I wasn't having the best day or something. And she messaged me like, Hey, you know, I would love to send you some of my products and, you know, spirit is just telling me to send these to you. And I I was like, Oh my God, thanks. So, you know, I gave her my address and she sent me like everything y'all like she sent me this thing called an ancestor blend which you like burn on like a piece of charcoal which smells so good my ancestors were getting lit to the ancestor blend like (laughs) i was burning that around the house getting lit i put in my little cauldron she gave me an altar blend she gave me a smudge stick rosa jericho which i've already put out she made uh florida water she sent me some rose water she made a lavender chamomile water um a salt bath some other type of incense. She sent me, like I was shocked at like the amount of her products that she just sent me from her heart, from her spirit. So I definitely, definitely just wanna say thank you so, so, so much, Leslie, and um, encouraging listeners to check her out. I will put her website um, in the show notes um, as well as her Instagram, but her Instagram is L-E-S-L-E-Y-S-A-L-I-G-O-E. Check her out packaging was so cute the website is cute she's cute it was just really great and so if you're looking for some products like that um you know she's a conjure woman she says be charmer magic maker uh on her page but yeah check check her out buy some stuff if you're interested because i just want like we have to support each other we're in community with each other and Neither one of them had to send me anything, you know, they just did. And they both really have been helpful to my own healing and to my own um, growth and to my own just like having good energy in my space. So I really, Sister Steams and Leslie, like just thank y'all for just, you know, listening to spirit and like being like, nah, send send a load, send a load of juju. And I did it and made me so happy because I had such a hard, difficult week and, and those things like really brightened my whole ass week so like it touched me more than y'all could know so shouting them out and sending y'all some good 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 loving so let's get into this patreon so for the new listeners patreon is a way to help sustain monetarily this podcast by committing to a monthly commitment of three dollars a month that is 36 dollars a year to go towards this podcast to go towards the labor of putting it together to go towards new equipment materials. I told you on Instagram that I got um some headphones. Child, they didn't even work. So I got to send them back and get some different type of headphones. But like, you know, it went towards getting the headphones. It went towards me getting a desk to record on because I didn't have anything to record with. Um, it goes towards pretty much everything if I have to travel to go get something for the podcast and come back like I use money from the Patreon to do those things so it really good directly I don't spend it on anything else besides my spiritual work um, which includes 
largely this podcast and being able to do the things that I need to do in order to be able to show up to record this podcast. So it's strictly like spiritual stuff. And so I really appreciate um, folks who are able to make that monthly commitment to me. I don't take it lightly. Y'all know money is like, it's hard to come by. So, you know, when you are saying that you can donate money to me, like that means a lot to me. And so I ask for $3 a month. You can donate more than that and you can donate less than that. But I want to shout out my new patrons. So we have Black Pajal became a patron. Um, Casilda Florent. I hope I'm saying our names right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Um, pledged and became a patron. D Dandris. Hey, mamas. Um, is a patron of the show. My boo Lolo Law upped their pledge. So thank you for giving me a little extra coin. And then Amira Moore also became a patron. So I am mustering up all the good juju that I can. And sending it your way, sending so much love and prayers and light and strength and that you accomplish all your shit and that you walk in line with your destiny. And just thank you and that you get that money that you're giving me, you're going to get it back tenfold, baby, period. (laughs) So thank you to my patrons. If you would like to just do a one-time donation, you can always hit me up on the PayPal. My email is thejujubay at gmail dot com and also on the cash app i-t-s-j-u-j-u-b-a-e all of this information about the patreon and how to donate towards the podcast will be in the show notes also want to um uplift and say that monetary support is not the only way that you can support me as i talked about earlier some folks just send me some of their their conjure stuff that they make and that really actually helped make my fucking week so like that i look at that as like a donation like and a gift of love which was super beneficial beneficial to me um so like if you got some stuff you're trying to send like you know you can hit me up for my addy and you know if i like it i'll shout you out or we can like i'm trying to start thinking of, of new ways to kind of um, gain like monetary support from this work because it's so community centered so like if someone wants to sponsor a show for example like the show can just be you know, we can work out some sort of, some sort of something, you know, I'm still working out in my head, but we can work out something where folks can start, um, if it's related to like spirituality stuff and like healing, you know, maybe sponsor a show and we can work, work something out that way. Oh, I also created a book list for people who might want to donate in other ways. Like I'm just trying to think of other ways besides money, um, that we can like share with each other. So I created a book list of all the books that I'm trying to read that I want to talk about at some point on the podcast that that will help me on my own healing journey, will help me on my own like divine journey, my journey to priesthood, all of that. Um, So I created an Amazon wish list. So folks who also would want to donate maybe in a different way, like you could buy me one of those books on there and it's easy. You would just purchase the book and my address and everything is already in Amazon. So it would come directly to me. And that would be great because books be expensive, but like there's so many that I want to read that people have told me to read that I need to read that spirit is calling me to read and so I've just created and curated a nice little little list of books for people who want to donate in that way which would also be very amazing and helpful and oh yeah so shout out to Toya actually she already purchased two books from my Amazon book list so thank you Toya I love you she got me um working the roots and I can't remember the name of the other book right now but it was by um 
Ielosa Oshuyamiya Kalatunde, who I love, who I need on the show ASAP. But yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to you all. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate the show on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to. That is another way to help sustain this work, this podcast, telling people about it, tagging me that you're listening, um, posting about it. That that means stuff to me too. That is helpful. That is that is how we can sustain each other, sustain me, this work, my energy, our energy, collective energy, all of that. So even just talking about the podcast is is doing the work. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All you need is a little juju. Y'all, I'm, I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to talk about all the different things that are on my mind. I feel like there's just not enough time because I skipped last week. I feel like I want to just give like double the information because, oh, all right. I don't even know where to start. Okay, let me start here. I'm trying to get into Tantra and sexual energy healing. So I've been looking for a coach. I think I might have found somebody um, who does that type of healing work, like sexual, like using the power of sexual energy to heal. And like I've talked about in episode, I don't remember what episode it was, I mean, four or five, I talked about sex magic. And how I manifest through sex magic. And I use sex, I use sexual energy to get things that are not related to sex all the time. But I think that I need to shift my focus and also have like a skilled, trained, certified person to help me with my own um, healing around sexual trauma. And I, I think that spirit has been pulling me into like Tantra or just some kind of like explicit method to kind of purge some of the things that I've been holding on to in my womb and also in other parts of my bodies from just experiences that I've had. So um, I'm just putting that ask out there. If you know, or if you do that kind of work to hit me up. Um, again, I'm, I'm just kind of feeling out different people right now and like divining on people. But yeah, that's something that I've been really interested in. And so for this segment, Heal Yourself, um, and if this, if you're a first-time listener, this is the segment where I give like juju-related tips and tricks um, to help us heal, pretty much. And so um, I was I kind of wanted to bring up this, this idea about sexual energy and using it for more than sex. I was listening to Inner Ho Uprising, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Check them out. I will also put their uh, podcast link in the show notes. But on that episode, they did an interview with Taomi, who is like a sex guru, tantrika, um, sexual educator, coach. She basically does uses, you know, tantra as healing, which is, which is what it's for. It's very powerful medicine that she kept talking about and using that, those energy sources to, to, um, bring up, bring up some stuff that we might have buried so that we can have and be better sexual beings and not just like about, you know, it's bigger than like, Oh, I want to have better sex. Or like, I want to last longer. Like that is surely a result of doing Tantra and doing healing work, but also like showing up better as a person, like showing up better in relationships showing up better to create boundaries and and showing up as your full self and not one that is carrying buried 
traumas that you have. And so I know that this is just going to be like, I don't know. That's why I want to get into it. Cause I just know that it's going to be super healing for me. Cause spirit is like, Oh yes. Tantra. Like yes. Intentional sexual healing work. Um, and looking at sex more than how we look at it, one in the West and two, like in its material form, it just seems like some act that we just do. And then that it's actually not super powerful that it, it, it isn't super spiritual. Cause like I say, like, you know, sex and, you know, work and healing and who we are and our destiny, all of it is tied together. It's not separate at all. Like Western concepts of sex have made it this idea of like, that's sex, that's secular. This is spiritual. This is, you know, material. This is all those things actually exist together. (laughs) So, so it's like, you know, not looking at sex as just this like weird thing that people do that's yeah I don't know I'm just trying to like start thinking more in a in an ancestral way about a lot of things so anyway for heal yourself um it's okay um that you know I know a lot of us have experienced a lot of traumas and a lot of us carry a lot of those traumas in our sexual organs and so like I've talked about in the sex magic episode using that um, energy that we carry and making sure that we're releasing it. So if you're doing sex magic, for example, you know, you can do sex magic to pretty much get anything that you want, but why not try it to, to maybe heal that part of your body? Maybe try it to um, bring about a change in, in how you show up in the world and how you treat people. Like we don't have to just use sex magic to be like, Oh, I'm gonna do this so that I, you know, can secure a man or that I can secure a partner or I can say, you know, we can, you could do it for that. You know, it could be based around sex, but it doesn't have to because secularism is not our shit. You know, we can use the power of sex to manifest whatever. And so I'm really trying to manifest my healing, like a healing of my body, healing of my sexual organs. Um, so that I can just be better. And so I just encourage y'all to do that. Um, so for sex magic, just a brief overview. If you want to learn how to do sex magic, I talk about that a lot more in the sex magic episode. Um, but basically I like to do sex magic alone. You can do it with a partner, but I prefer to do it alone. And especially if you're doing healing work, you can do it alone. And so you really, before you masturbate, you want to just get your mind in the right place. You can kind of light some candles and like really just get yourself in the mood. And, you know, don't be afraid to touch on yourself. Like, don't be afraid to just, you know, I'm speaking for myself because I have titties. So, like, grab on your titties, you know, massage your body, massage your ass, massage your thighs. Like, you deserve to do that for yourself. And it seems weird. At least it seems weird for me. Like, it's, this is definitely weird. I'm mostly talking to myself right now. But, like, it's, it's our body. Like, it's okay to love up on it. Like, especially when so many things in society tell us that we should not love up on it, that it is not desirable, that it is not beautiful, you know, especially if you're black, especially if your body doesn't fit into European standards. So, like, being super thin or, um, or maybe feeling like you don't have enough curves or, like, you know, just the range and all the ways that society lies to us and tell us that our bodies are not enough, um, that it, it's not cis, you know, it's not cookie cutter so like love upon it can't nobody love upon your body like you 
So get yourself in the mood, get yourself ready, tell yourself you're deserving. And then, you know, you go, you know, you go at it. Like you, you know, you doing your thing, however you like to get off, you know, or not get off and just, just to please yourself. But while you're doing that, you're thinking about the things that you desire. Like think about the things that you want to heal in your body and use that energy to heal those things those things in your body think about where you might carry trauma and that you're doing this this sex magic work this powerful energy to rid yourself of that trauma to let it leave your body and escape and once you get yourself bring yourself to orgasm imagine that shit just escaping imagine it just leaving your body leaving that's no longer a part of you that you don't have to hold that anymore because you don't i don't we don't and make that a regular practice. Maybe that's something that you do. I don't believe in wasting nuts, period. So most of the time, every time that I masturbate, like I'm manifesting something. I'm thinking about something that I want to accomplish. Like I said, don't be wasting them nuts. Pero we can start using our nuts to heal. So use your nuts. So the heal yourself today is use your nut to heal. However you're interpreting what I'm saying, try it out for yourself. Follow your spirit. You you'll know you'll know what to do. You'll know what you'll know what you need to think about. Um, and also have, if something super powerful comes up, cause it is powerful energy, I would probably have a friend or somebody that you know, that you can call on or someone that you can trust to, you know, just reach out. Just make sure you have your supports because depending on how powerful, what kind of sex magic you're doing, some stuff might come up that you might need to process. Um, so if you want to do that with a person, you can do that. Also recommend writing and journaling what comes up for you. Maybe what you what you kind of were thinking about when you were um, doing the work or how you prepared your mind to just kind of release that, that hurt that a lot of us are carrying in our bodies. So that is what I want to offer for um, the Heal Yourself today. And again, shout out to Inner Hope Uprising because um, that was just such a good, good episode. And it came at the right time. Like as I'm doing all this like sex healing work, I just feel like people are sending me things, sending me resources. There's podcast episodes about it. Like, so I feel like it's just time. It's really, really time for us and, and like the Me Too stuff and the, just all of this conversation. Like how can we harness this energy and this pain that so many of us have to help um, move to help move that these blockages that we have in our bodies. And so finding practic practitioners and working with coaches is one way. And then also like doing your own, your own sex magic for your healing and your own sex magic, um, to remove those blockages. So I hope that helps try it out and yeah, let's get to it. All you need is a little juju to heal. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so where do I start, y'all? Okay, so last night I saw Erica Badu in concert. You know, I know people have canceled her over time. Um, Erica Badu means a lot to me um, in my own journey. I think she does to a lot of, you know, young people who, who are just, like, looking for, like, how to be... Like, she just represented freedom, I think, for a lot of, at least I'll speak for myself, for me growing up and, like, her kind of music and what she was talking about, it always resonated with me. I think it's because, you know, she she's the guy that going witch. And so I think all the young witches always had a little thing for her or, like, the weird, like, the kind of little weird black people. Like, Erica Badu was our, like, oh, 
you know, and over the years, she has just really <laughs> lost touch and just says things that are really um, beyond lose, losing touch, but just very violent in some of her frameworks and how she understands the world around her. I don't think feel like they come from a place of love, even though that's what she always talks about. Anyway, so I saw her last night. Um, it wasn't. I didn't feel as moved as I wanted to be. That could have been my own stuff. That could have been, I don't know, but I just didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it like I normally would. She's saying all my cuts. I love her music. I listen to her music a lot. Honestly, I think it was because she brought up R. Kelly. So let me start at the beginning. Concert was cool. She came out with uh but you can't use my phone but not like um Tyrone but she didn't do Tyrone at all but with the her newest album with the, the telephone album and it was cute she came out was popping she had this little jacket on she looked great she was she sang she sang down honey Erica Body can sing she can sing sing um which you know we we should know that she did libations for the people she did something on the ground before she started She's, she's definitely a witch. She was, she's a witch, like clearly a witch. Um, she kind of gives me Oshun vibes a little bit. Um, also that Pisces energy was radiating off of her a lot. Um, so that was all well and good. She's singing a song, but then she just brings up R. Kelly and I'm in Chicago. So we're at the Chicago show and she's like, you know, y'all got R. Kelly and everyone was not feeling it. Everyone was like, boo, no, we don't want to, we don't care. She's like, oh, y'all just like, fuck him, huh? Well, um, you know, that's not, that's not love when we do that. And, you know, if what the girl said was true, then, um, you know, I'm, I'm praying, I'm praying for all of them because they were all victims, including R. Kelly. Like everyone in this scenario is a victim and I'm praying for my brother, R. Kelly and you know, y'all are booing him. But what happens if one of his victims grows up to become a perpetrator? Are we going to boo and like say, fuck them to that person? And so I'm just sitting here like, okay, So let me say this. I don't think that anything that she was saying was inherently like the words besides the if those girls are telling the truth, because I don't know what more what information you need to believe these women, Erica. But please cut that if out. What you mean if what do you need to what, what would mean truth to you? Like you're a witch, sis. You should know. Go divine on it. He did that shit, period. Like. I don't know. It was too much. But besides that, I will say, I don't think that anything that she said was inherently a wrong thing to say. So to say that you're going to pray for somebody, even if you're going to pray for R. Kelly, I don't think that's an inherently wrong thing to say. To say that, um, to ask the question of if someone who was abused grows up to be an abuser, how do we hold them or not hold them? I don't think that's an inherently wrong question to say, to, to, to pose. Pero... Like, why? First of all, that's not the, this is not the time. This is not the place. And that is not the way. Because the way that she was saying that was not in a way of trying to really figure out how we are handling abuse in our communities. She was doing it in a way that sounded like a rape apologist, period. Like saying that R. Kelly is a victim 
was a victim of sexual trauma, that is true. That is not an inherently wrong thing to say. But we also need to acknowledge the fullness of his humanity. He was victimized. He also victimized hundreds, hundreds of women and girls and and boys, actually, which people don't talk about. Those receipts also surface. So like children and grown people too. So you don't have to talk about him in this victim mentality. Like, yes, he has been a victim, but he has also been a perpetrator. So what are we going to do? Sis, if you want to pray for him, that's fine. If you want to pray for his healing, that's fine. You want to pray for his transformation, that's fine. But the way there's, there's a, there's, it just was so, it just came from a place that it didn't come from the right place. And, you know, people feel that like when you're talking about an issue and you sound like a rape apologist and you sound like you're just making excuses and you sound like you're just like, you want to cape for him because she says that that's her brother. Like, no, if that's your brother, you hold your brother accountable. You still talking about if people are telling true. So that really, really just, it changed the energy of the whole show. Like I noticed that everybody was lit. We hype. It's Erica. Boom, boom. A, A, gone, baby, gone. You know, we lit. And then she just had to bring up our <sighs> It was, it was, it made me sad. And I'm just like, damn, bitch. <laughs> this is why everybody canceling you. <laughs> like, you not even, you talking about that's not love that we're booing him. Maybe it is love that we're booing him. Maybe it's not love that you're not you're not calling him out. Maybe it's not love that you're not holding him accountable to his actions. That's love. That's how you really love a motherfucker, you know? You name the truth. You can't start in, you can't, we got to start in truth. And like, just the whole vibe, it just wasn't grounded in truth. And she just tries to be all love and light. And we're all trying to, then she was went, went on to say like, tonight we're going to transcend like race and we're going to transcend gender and we're going to transcend, you know, ability. And I think, I think in a very deep sense, it is important to, and we can, maybe not even important, but we can actually transcend those things. But like, we are not a people who have had the skill, the knowledge, or even the the societal structure or even the energy of society to even get to a place to be able to transcend those things. Like there's things that we have to work on now that are rooted in truth around like white perversion, around misogyny, around patriarchy, around, you know, um, transphobia, around homophobia, around all of these things. Like we have to sit and acknowledge that truth in order for us to transcend anything. And if you're not going to sit with us and acknowledge the real truth, we can't do that work. That's why I don't like all the love and light shit. That's why I don't like all of that's not love. It's like, no, we can't get to, there's people in pain. And like, can we sit, can we have pain acknowledged? So I was like, Girl, I was kind of over it after that. I really was. The best things about the concert, I ran into a friend. I ran into Oya, <laughs> um, who has the trap kitchen. I think it's called in Indiana. I need to make my way to Indiana to get some of that seafood. Because she's like super popping, y'all. Um, and then um, I ran into a, a podcast listener. So I want to shout out um, Lena. I believe the name was. Hey, Lena. Um, 
also Lena is, is very fine but anyway <laughs> hope you enjoyed the show it was good to meet you and yeah that was probably the best part of the show and like I went with some co-workers and it was cool it was fun um also someone greeted me at the concert like a priestess like he thought I was in a yeah I guess because I had my day on which is my sacred like bracelet basically and if I I don't know, but just because you have on the day doesn't mean you're a priest. I don't know, but he he did the whole abudo abuya. I was like, um, hey, um, Ashe, uh, mm. he was in Kochak, like he was taking my coat, and he just, I was like, oh, I can't say the prayer that they say when you get up. I think they just, say, but I, thank, at we in the tradition, Alafia, boom, Odabo. All right, <laughs> you know. It was funny, but I had generally had a good time. I just was very disappointed in Erica. Now I'm just like, oh, mama. These celebrities, baby, baby, these celebrities. All you need is a little juju. In other celebrity news, just really briefly, I have to touch on Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, for those who may not know, is a rapper. He was a lot more popular probably in like the early like 2000s arena i was listening to soldier boy in high school i think which was like 2010 ish time um and yeah i was obsessed with him he like took over the internet he really was one of the like first rappers to like really be on this internet shit really be on this youtube shit really like connect with fans on like myspace i was obsessed with soldier boy y'all and he recently had an interview with the breakfast club and a lot of people have been talking about it. Cause he's basically been, he basically claimed himself as like the best rapper had the best comeback. He's better than Drake. Drake, you know, he's, he was just calling out Tyga. He was just not caring and just being like, I made these people period. And he has just become popping all over again on the internet. His streams went up and I just want to talk about the power of the word. Y'all, the power of manifestation. Same thing with Jacquees, who was a, um, who claims that he's the king of R&B. I think he's fine, but baby, that man can't really sing. But he claims himself as the king. Now people call him the king. I mean, some people are clowning him, but other people are calling him the king. His streams went up. He's getting deals. He's getting opportunities. He's getting checks. He's getting bags. You know, he's 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 doing his thing. Same thing happened with Soldier Boy. All you, all these people are doing is saying what they want and speaking it as if it is theirs already. That is like basic one-on-one hoodoo, basic one-on-one manifestation, basic one-on-one intention setting, basic one-on-one, you know, writing a petition to your ancestors. It is going in the interviews. It is showing up in space and be like, yes, I am that bitch. Uh-huh. Yep. I am the best. I made this. I did this. I deserve recognition. This is my, I deserve this. I am smart. I am capable. I am a fabulous mu- musician. I'm the best rapper alive. And people, like, that's it. And then he, this thing is literally bringing in revenue, publicity, followers, money, whatever that, that he wants just because he said that and believed it. Listen, we can learn from these people. Even though we're, a side eye, we're like, wait, huh? But hey, did he or did he not manifest? You know, did Jacquees not manifest this new, like, this conversation around him? And, like, 
I think there's something to it. So, you know, from the range of Erica Badu to Soulja Boy, we can all learn from these people. <laughs> we can learn what to do and what not to do. But today we're going to learn from Soulja Boy. Do well from from Erica Badu. What we do not do is is cape for rapists, and what we do not do is um try to make people force people into some love and lights love and light shit if we ain't grounded it in what the truth is. What we do do from Soldier World, what we learned is that we do speak our intentions. We do say what we, we do attract what we say. Our words are extremely powerful. So if you're trying to get a new job, just like I have a new job and this, these are my hours and this is how much I make. And you know, it's a healthy environment for me and I love my coworkers and I have flexible schedule. Wake up and do that every morning. Go tell somebody you don't know. You know, just speak it. Speak it into existence. Because Soulja Boy just did. We watch people do it all the time. So we can do it too. So that is what we are going to learn from celebrities <laughs> this week in our Juju for the Culture segment. All you need is a little juju. So today's uh, main topic, I'm very excited to have a little segment about High John, the conquer, who is... Um, that nigga, <laughs> like, Hi John is that nigga. Hi John, the conqueror root is actually one of the most popular roots used in hoodoo today, um, by all types of folks. But let's just be very clear and grounded in the fact that Hi John was black. Hi John is for the preservation of joy and love and a bomb ass life. For black people and he is like the anti-white supremacist embodiment so he's like he deserves an episode he deserves hi john is everything and so i'm actually in the process of trying to um, build more of a relationship with him i actually me and him are super close for um for different reasons not because I don't fuck with Hi John. I I love Hi John. We just haven't, or I haven't, um, been super. Uh, I haven't venerated him in the ways that I should be, and I know that I need to be because my ancestors were like, "Um, why are you not? What's going on with you and John? Like, you need to get it together." So, like, this is actually my first um, attempt in like honoring and recognizing him, um, and showing him that like I care. I care to do research about him. Like, this is a whole thing. Like, this is an episode, but this is also a part of my spiritual development and relationship building with Hi John to do this episode. Um, So, hey, Hi John. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying. (laughs) So, Hi John the Conqueror. So, I got a lot of my information from Zora Neale Hurston. Zora Neale Hurston is a... She's passed now, but she's a famous writer, historian, um fucking amazing author and writer um she has written a lot of books about hoodoo and has done that a lot of the um historical work of of finding information and interviewing folks and putting it in text like a lot of her her is the reason that we have stories about high john uh, the reasons that we know who high john is and other um uh, folks 
who are in hoodoo roots. She was also, I believe that she was initiated into hoodoo. I think she says that in one of her books. Um, but the information specifically about Hi John was from the book. Hold on. I just put it in my, my notes. Ah, yes. The Sanctified Church. The Sanctified Church is the book that was full of different um, black American folklore. And one of the stories is about Hajjan the Conqueror. So I got a lot of my information from there. Also, just stories that I know personally that I've been told from my elders and just different research that I've done on Hajjan. Hajjan is referred to a lot in different, um, I'm sorry, different blues songs. Um Muddy Waters, who was a famous blues singer and talks about hoodoo a lot, references High John the Conqueror, The Root, um, and I also think in his song Hoochie Coochie Man is, is referencing High John the Conqueror. So he's very well known in a lot of black spaces. I would encourage you if you have older black family members, they might know who High John is. You know, and this is the way that we get information about our people. This is the way that we get information about our, our ancestors. So as someone in your family... If they know who Hajjan is, maybe you'll get some more information, some more stories, and could collect some more information to our, you know, collective understanding of who Hajjan was. So Hajjan, basically, he was um, based off of, and you'll see this a lot when you're doing your research, uh, if you do, around um, an African prince. So an African prince who was enslaved and brought over to what we understand now is the United States um, during chattel slavery. So, and he was able to escape um, enslavement and actually go back to Africa is what the lore says. Um, but um, I know that one of my elders, Maisha, refers to Hajjan as Gaspar Yanga, who was a um, an enslaved person from Africa, but he was he was one of the leaders of the Maroon colonies, and in the Maroon colonies are enslaved folks who were able to get essentially free themselves and start their own nations in their own colonies. So Gaspar Yanga was one of the leaders within a Maroon colony. I think this was in um, he escaped enslavement from the Spanish in. Mexico. So to my knowledge, from my information around Gaspar Yanga, he was not in the U.S. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how he may have been the embodiment, but I think this will connect a little bit later. So that's just on the side. But normally when I'm looking at research, it, it just refers to High John as like an African prince who was able to escape enslavement and go back to Africa, which is obviously a huge deal, um, which is obviously very, a very noble and extremely powerful act. So I want to read the uh, second or just an excerpt, it's the second paragraph of Azor Neale Hurston's uh, lore around High John to kind of ground us in our conversation. So uh, she says, this is on page 139, this is the second paragraph. I'm deliberately skipping the first paragraph. Um, I don't know if I want to talk about that right now, but we're going to start the second paragraph. Okay, so she says, High John the Conqueror came to be a man and a mighty man at that, but he was not a natural man in the beginning. First off, he was a whisper a will to hope, a wish to find something worthy of laughter and song. 
Then the whisper put on flesh. His footsteps sounded across the world in a low but musical rhythm, as if the world he walked on was a singing drum. The black folks had an irresistible impulse to laugh. High John the Conqueror was a man in full and had come to live and work on the plantations, and all the slave folks slave folks knew him in the flesh the sign of this man was a laugh and his singing symbol was a drumbeat no parading drum shout like soldiers out for show it did not call to the feet of those who were fixed to hear it it was an inside thing to live by it was sure to be heard when and where the work was the hardest and the lot most cruel it helped the slaves endure they knew that something better was coming so they laughed in the face of things and sang i'm so glad trouble don't last always and the white people who heard them were struck dumb that they could laugh in an outside way was this old mass's fun so what was old cuffy laughing for so there she's sort of just talking about um, how High John came to be. So he, sure, he was probably based off of, it was based off of a, a, a real person, um, potentially Gaspar Yanga um, or another um, person who was enslaved from Africa and was able to uh, find freedom or obtain his own freedom. But he was also a, a collective uh, embodiment of what our ancestors needed during enslavement. And he was the representation of recognizing that trouble don't last always, that we are not always going to be in the situation, that we have things to look forward to, that we have um, a destiny that can be fulfilled, that we will have children who will not live under these conditions in this way. Um, he also represented joy and laughter, even in the midst of pain and struggle and hardship, that black folks still can continue to like crack jokes. And we still do to this day. Like even when a bunch of shit going on, we will laugh at anything. We we are making memes, you know, black Twitter is a whole thing. So just this like innate ability for us to find not even just silver linings, but to be able to laugh at shit to move our trauma or to, to move through the trauma and to move trauma out of our bodies. Um, so high John was, was that representation. Oh, and also like of cunning and being able to like get out of a very difficult situation that was put onto our bodies, um, because of like white perversion and domination and still be able to like be popping, still be able to be slick about it, still be able to, um, get around having to do the hard labor, like, and still, and, and laughing at them, laughing at, um, them thinking like, I mean, like slave owners, them thinking that they were going to just completely ruin our spirits. Like, like you can't ruin us. You can't ruin our spirits. This is not going to last always. We will be avenged. We will get free and we will do it in, in, you know, as slick as we can, we will do it in style and we will do it laughing at you hoes and laughing at this shit. Cause this is a joke. Like, you know, it's not a joke, but like high John really represents that. Like, uh, we gonna get out of this, y'all. Don't even these mother. Don't even trip. Like we, the, people will be, get dealt with. And so while we here, we gonna do what we gotta do to remain in community with each other and get around these folks and and do our thing. That's like the energy of High John. So just like not even being phased by the bullshit of like white supremacy. So he comes. So back during enslavement times, he would make himself known where there, the cruelty was the harshest. So um, Zora Neale Hurston actually, I want to read 
the direct quote. Let me find that. She says, um, oh, and also I just want to say that this thing about like white people would see uh, enslaved folks laughing here, our ancestors laughing and be very confused. Like we are torturing them. We are beating them. We barely giving them enough to eat. They sleeping on the, on the, you know, we're, we're, we're torturing them. How are they out here singing? How are they out here dancing? How are they out here laughing? That is the energy of high John. Um, so Zora Neale Hurston says, so old Massa couldn't know, of course, but High John the Conqueror was there walking his plantation like a natural man, meaning he didn't give a fuck. He was walking around like he was, he was free. He was, he was treading the sweat flavor cause of the plantation, crushing out his drum tunes and giving out secret laughter. He walked on the winds and moved fast. And maybe he was in Texas when the lash fell on a slave in Alabama, but before the blood was dry on the back, he was there. So he always, he shows up where it's really going down. He shows up when we are being abused. He shows up when times are really, really hard. So now Hi John the Conqueror, old Massa couldn't get the best of him. And everybody would sit up and begin to smile. So you see this energy of like really getting, being able to get through situations of, of pain and trauma with, with somehow finding joy in your own shit um, and finding reason to continue. Um, so here she kind of talks about how he came to be. So she says he had come from Africa. He came walking on the waves of sound. Then he took on flesh after he got here. So as our ancestors were, were, you know, through the trans transatlantic, uh, trade and while their bodies were packed in sardines, they knew that they had to create some sort of will to live, some sort of collective energy, some sort of spirit um, to be able to get through what they knew that they were about to experience once they touched down on this land, uh, within the States and also where through, throughout everywhere where our ancestors were, but specifically talking about here in the U S when our ancestors touched full soil in the South, knowing that they needed that type of, they knew that they needed a, a, a nigga like high John, you know? So, um, so he wasn't so much based on like just one real person, but like I said before, he's a collective understanding and creation of our ancestors based on the body of a real man who did exist and real people who did exist, um, who were that, who was that person on the plantation who didn't really give a fuck what master had to say, who was outsmarting master all the time, who was cracking jokes, who was getting people out of hard situations and who was consoling people like, we, we going to get out of this y'all. We come on, let's, 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 let's do this. I would, I would think of high John as like the, you know, the class clown that you might've had in school that was low-key smarter, not even low-key, but was smarter than the teacher and was like probably like the smartest person in the class, but like cracked jokes and was able to like get out of doing the homework. But what, but also like wasn't even super disrespectful, but still probably got in trouble. Well, no, because Hi John, the stories that I've read about Hi John and I encourage y'all, I'm, I'm going to end with a story. But like he really actually didn't, he didn't get quote unquote in trouble. Like it was like they couldn't, they couldn't get him. They could never quote unquote catch him. They could never put 
pin anything on him that he did because he was just so slick with it. Like he, he was just, you know, on the, on the surface, probably doing, doing what, what Massa maybe told him to do or asked of him. But behind the scenes, he wasn't, <laughs> you know, he was like taking their food. And like, if he cooked for them, he would like switch it out and, and cook a possum and give it to give it to Massa and in his cabin he would make the pig. You know, he would he just was so so smooth with it all. So that they could never really like pin him on doing something wrong. And they never like he he frustrated a lot of the white folk because it's like, I mean, he ain't doing nothing wrong, but we don't but we know he up to something, but there's no proof of it. And he got people laughing and we see like the enslaved folks out here singing and, and dancing and you know there's nothing to sing about you know there's no joy in this situation there's no mute like how are they finding music how are they finding joy and I just think that energy especially now as we um like I said before like how we have black twitter and we be making these memes like black people like run the internet and we will like I said make a joke out of everything and be able to um and be able to find the humor and and look to something in the future. Like, we are already just Afrofuturists. We dream about having a world that is full of our joy and laughter and compassion. Because we do that every day on the internet and we see it and people take it and they, they try to be like us in so many different ways. Um, that is that high John energy. Like, just laughing at people in front of their face and they don't even know. Like... <laughs> Cause it's like, y'all don't even really know, like that's the, and it's, it's so funny that, okay. So let me, let me just finish with high John. So that's like the energy of high John. So high John, when he left, um, the United States, he said, you know, I'm leaving, but if y'all need me, y'all can, um, I'm putting my energy and this spirit into a root. And so if you have this root and you call on me, and you going through some shit and you need to get out of some deep shit that is, you know, probably put on you by white supremacy, call me. We going to get you out of that. Call me. We going to laugh our asses at the motherfuckers trying to hurt and get on right through it. And don't even got to deal with them no more. That's High John. And so that's why High John is used a lot. But he's used a, it's used a lot by, by a whole bunch of people who practice hoodoo. We know not only black people practice hoodoo. Not only black Americans practice hoodoo, not just people in the South practice hoodoo. Everybody try to practice hoodoo. And so everybody uses high John. But it's so important to recognize that high John was here to protect black people. High John was created um, and is an embodiment of people who protected black people, who laughed in the faces of white folks, and who laughed and, and were able to be slick and sly and get out of really harmful situations and know that joy cometh in the morning type shit. That, that's the energy of High John. So it's like everybody always want to use High John to be successful and to get out of difficult situations. But it's like, is that for you? Hmm. Like you sure is that's the route that you need to use? That's that's um you know it's the, it's not this is not just that he was around to help everybody. Like no, he was specifically created by our ancestors, um, and specifically placed to and given to us 
from whatever higher power source and the higher power and divinity that all of our ancestors carried during enslavement, they were able to create and give life to a spirit that they knew that they needed to be able to get through. And that was the spirit of laughing in a motherfucking face and being too slick with it. Like <laughs> that is high John in the face specifically of white domination and white perversion specifically. So when white people, I was like, yeah, I'm trying to get a job. going to use some high John. It's like, huh? Huh? So, um, I skipped the first paragraph of Zora Neale Hurston's High John Lore because it actually, she invites um, High John into the lives of all people. She invites High John specifically to white people. Like, you know what? You always, y'all always be wondering how we're still laughing in the face of oppression. Y'all always still wonder how we find ways to like wake up and go every morning and get through this shit. Like, let's, let me invite y'all to High John. And then she offers at one point, it says that, you know, High John is, is for, can be used for anybody. And I don't know if, I don't know, I obviously love and respect Zora Neale Hurston, but like, I, I kind of challenge that idea. But I think also later in the text, she does go on to say that, um, what she does do is give, like most black folk, when white folk are, are interviewing them about about anything in regards to black blackness, black folk have a tendency to just give them a little bit, but not too much. Like you just give them a little bit of information that they think that they got a little information. They can play around with it and they can like research that, but you really ain't told them nothing, but they think you told them a lot. So she says that in another part of the text, but she opens it with like, Learn about High John. High John is helpful. High John. Well, this is the energy I got. High John is for everybody. Like now y'all can see how we've been able to do that. And maybe you can learn to use High John for yourselves too. And then later kind of goes on to say like, we actually don't give white folk that much. Like we just give them a little bit. So it's, I, I think she's, it, it, I think both of those things are, I don't know. I hear what she's saying in both. And so I'm I'm just going to stick with the fact that like maybe she actually really hasn't said nothing. So like black folk who have heard about Hajjan or who have done our own research and we have our own personal connection to him as he was a black man who is fighting against white supremacy for us and did for our ancestors, specifically in the South, in the States. I think that there is a sort of connection and understanding that we can have that somebody who didn't have that experience won't have. Um, so even if you just tell a white person about hi John, they're like, oh, so cool, whatever. But you actually don't really understand like who it's for. And so I wish she wouldn't have opened up the text in that way, making hi John like inviting so many people to to venerate him in this way when he was placed for a very specific reason. Um, so. Hi John was also a shapeshifter. He also was a time traveler. Um, he also, I mean, he just did a lot of shit. And like I said, he was always there when it was most, where it was most brutal for black folks. So like if a whip was going down on somebody in Alabama, you know, even if somebody in Texas was getting beat before the blood could dry from that, he was there too. He was there too, to, to give solace, to support love, victory, success, like I said, keep saying, get slick with it and laughing, laughing, you know, laughing through, through bullshit and finding joy and humor 
and laughing through oppression, which is possible, which we've done for for many, many, many years. All you need is a little juju. So this concept of high John is not <clears throat> a new one for uh, African-American folks. We have folklore around Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Bear, uh, Br'er Fox, all which people refer to as trickster spirits. Um, and I told one of the Br'er stories in episode two in the mini-sode, if you want to check that out. Um, there's also stories about um, even Eshu in the Yoruba tradition is a, what they consider a trickster spirit. So High John is like hoodoo's trickster energy, quote unquote, trickster spirit. But there's just so much more than just being a trickster um, with all of our quote unquote trickster spirits and like sometimes I feel like that that title kind of limits them and makes them just like oh they were just funny and joking around but like no they recognize the importance and it like gives light to the importance of of still being able to find joy within ourselves and still being able to laugh at shit and being goofy as hell and also getting out of a fucked up situation like and knowing that we we can be successful through that and knowing that we can move through that and knowing that we can move our pain and trauma through laughter and 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 joy according to some other research that i did looking this up online there is some tales around high john marrying the devil's daughter lilith who was another um being entity that you know, I'm not going to get too much into Lilith's story, but the story is that High John basically married Lilith and Lilith and High John went back to Africa and, um, you know, the devil didn't like him. So he was always even having to be slick with Lilith's daddy, the devil, uh, because he wanted to marry because he because he married Lilith and, and the devil was always trying to kill High John. So that's another that's some other stories that I've heard about him. Um, but for the most part, I, I don't really know when though that lore kind of came about or, you know, how Lilith got involved with the High John stories. But uh, for mostly what I've seen from other black folk is most of the stories around how he stories about him on the plantation and how he was able to help folks who were, I mean, experiencing, I mean, help our ancestors who were experiencing terrible, horrible conditions and, and how he would, and how he would help them get out of those conditions, help them escape, help them find joy in each other, um, help them build community. And, and so, like I said, even though once enslavement was over, High John's energy kind of left um, he, he left that energy in the root. And so that's why people use that root when they're going through certain things. They call on high John. Cause he, he said, I'll come back. Just call me. We got that root. There's different little high John prayers that, that they have. And you can go about venerating high John in different ways. He really likes liquor and smokes like most of our ancestors. So maybe even just sitting with the root, spraying it down, praying to him, uh, letting him know, what's going on, what you need. And I think he actually would be a really, really important spirit that we all need to collectively call on when we're trying to do this work um, to to live in a better world and do this liberation work and do this dismantling of white, um, you know, d- domination and perversion. Um, High John is like someone that we need 
you know, how John is the energy, one of the the energies and one of our ancestors who we need to be building relationship with, who we need to be conversing with, especially those of us who do work as um, activists or organizers or are in movement or who do work specifically with black folk. Um, you know, how do we figure out how to escape from these systems? How do we do it in a way that still um, can bring us joy? We can find joy in our moments, but also knowing that we deserve even much more joy than this and that we can figure out how to, you know, like be slick with our, with, with how we, how we're moving in order to get into a better place. So all how John, how John always said, all you got to do is call on me, baby. I, I'm waiting for y'all to call me. Just like our ancestors called him collectively. That's how he was able to shift and, and, and morph into a person. Different people, um, different ancestors who embodied that spirit of High John um, to be able to create this like energy, this force and this spirit. Like, we can create spirits. We can create beings. We do it all the time. We can create gods. People do it all the time. You put enough energy to something, it's, it's, it becomes a thing. And so our ancestors were all calling on knowing that they needed this kind of energy to be able to get through chattel slavery. And so what if we all decided to collectively call on that energy again? And I think in a lot of, in a lot of ways we do, because like I've been talking about with the, the ways that so many of us are able to find joy like the ways that black people are able to find joy amidst so much things that are not joyous is a superpower that is otherworldly. That is, that is high John. So how do we actually more intentionally call on him to be like, Hey, we actually need you to come through and help us get out of this. Like help us break free from this, help us, um, time travel away from this. And so with that, I want to share one of my favorite stories about, um, about high John uh, less about him. There's a lot of funny ones with him cause he was a trip. I mean, he was, he was a, a, a trip. Um, but this one talks about, um, sort of the supernatural ways that high John was able to help our people. And I, and I, I just really appreciate it and, and love it. and think we can learn a lot from it. All you need is a little juju. So here is an excerpt from hi John the Conqueror by Zora Neale Hurston. And I want to share um, this story with y'all. Um, this is in chapter three, or at least Roman numeral three. I don't know if it's broken down as actually the next chapter, but okay. Anyway, here we go. John had numerous scrapes and tight squeezes, but he usually came out like Br'er Rabbit. Pretty occasionally, though, old Massa won the hand. The curious thing about this is that there are no bitter, tragic tales at all. When old Massa won, the thing ended up in laugh just the same. Laughter at the expense of the slave, but laughter right on. A sort of recognition that life is not one-sided. A sense of humor that said, we are just as ridiculous as anybody else. We can be wrong too. There are many tales and variants of each of how the Negro got his freedom through High John the Conqueror. The best one deals with a plantation where the work was hard and old master was mean. Even old miss used to put her maid's ears with hot used to pull her maid's ears with hot fire tongues when they got her riled. So naturally old John the Conqueror was around that plantation a lot. What we need is a song, he told the people after he had figured the whole thing out. It ain't here and it ain't no place I knows of yet. Us better get I'd better go hunt around. This has got to be a particular piece of singing. 
But the slaves were scared to leave. They knew what old master did for any slave caught running off. Oh, old master don't need to know you gone from here. How? Just leave your old work tired bodies around for him to look at and he'll never realize you's way off somewhere going about your business. At first they wouldn't hear to John, that is, some of them. But finally the weak gave in to the strong and John told them to get ready to go while he went off to get something for them to ride on. They were all gathered up under a big hickory nut tree. It was noontime and they were knocked off from chopping cotton to eat their dinner. And then that tree was right where old Massa and old Miss could see from the cool veranda of the big house. And both of them were sitting out there to watch. Wait a minute, John. Where are we going to get something to wear off like that? We can't go nowhere like you talking about dressed like we is. Oh, you got plenty of things to wear. Just reach inside yourselves and get out all those fine raiments you've been toting around with you for the longest time. They's in there all right. I know. Get them out and put them on. So the people began to dress and they, and then John hollered back for them to get out their musical instruments so they could play music on the way. They were right inside where they got their fine raiments from. So they began to get them out. Nobody remembered that Massa and Miss were sitting up there on the veranda looking things over. So John went off for a minute. After that, they all heard a big sing of wings. It was John come back riding on a great black crow. The crow was so big that one wing rested on the morning while the other dusted off the evening star. John lighted down and helped them. So they all mounted on and the bird took out straight across the deep blue sea. But it was a pearly blue, like ten squillion big pearl jewels dissolved in running gold. The shore around it was all grainy gold itself. Like Jason in search of the golden fleece, John and his party went to many places and had numerous adventures. They stopped off in hell, where John, under the name of Jack, married the devil's youngest daughter and became a popular character. So much so that when he and the devil had some words because John turned the dampers down in old original hell and put some of the devil's hogs to barbecue over the coals, John ran for high chief devil and won the election. The rest of his party was overjoyed at the possession of power and wanted to stay there, but John said no. He reminded them that they had come in search of a song. A song that would whip old Massa's earlaps down. The song was not in hell. They must go. The party escaped out of hell behind the devil's two fast horses. One of them was named Hollow Be Thy Name and the other Thy Kingdom Come. They made it to the mountain. Somebody told them that the golden stairs went up from there. John decided that since they were in the vicinity, they might as well visit heaven. They got there a little weary and tired, but the gates swung wide for them and they went in. They were bathed, robed, and given new and shiny instruments to play on. Guitars of gold and drums and cymbals and wind-singing instruments. They walked up Amen Avenue and down Hallelujah Street and found with delight that Amen Avenue was tuned to sing bass and alto. The west end was deep bass and the east and alto. Hallelujah Street was tuned for tenor and soprano when the two promenades met right in front of the throne and made harmony by themselves. You can make any tune you wanted to by the way you walked. John and his party had a very good time at that and other things. Finally, by the time they acted and did, Old Maker called them up before his great workbench and made them a tune and put in their mouths. And put it in their mouths. It had no words. It was a tune that you could bend and shape in most any way you wanted to fit the words and feelings that you had. They learned it and began to sing. Just about that time, a loud, rough voice hollered, You Tunk, you July, you Aunt Disky. 
Then heaven went black before their eyes and they couldn't see a thing until they saw the hickory nut tree over their heads again. There was something just like they had left it, with old Massa and old Miss sitting on the veranda, and Massa was doing the hollering. Y'all are taking a mighty long time for dinner, Massa said. Get up from here and get on back in the field. I mean for you to finish chopping that cotton today if it takes all night long. I got something else harder than that for you tomorrow. So get a move on you. They heard what Massa said and they felt bad right off. But John the Conqueror took and told them, saying, Don't pay what he say no mind. You know where you got something finer than this plantation and it's You know where you got something finer than this plantation and anything it's got on it. Put away. Ain't that funny? Us got all of that and he don't know nothing about it. Don't tell him nothing. Nobody don't have to know where us gets our pleasure from. Come on, pick up your hoes and let's go. And they all began to laugh and grabbed up their hoes and started out. Ain't that funny? Aunt Disky laughed and hugged herself with secret laughter. Us got all the advantage. And old Massa think he got us tied. The crowd broke out singing as they went off to work. The day And the day didn't seem as hot as it was before. Their gift song came back into their memories and pieces. And they sang about glittering new robes and harps. And the work flew. And that is this one of the stories of High John, which uh, kind of talks about his power to time travel and how often our ancestors' bodies might be in a certain place and look a certain way to old mass in them. But really, they was gone off somewhere else, seeing the future, seeing the heavens, seeing the, the shiny new robes, seeing that uh, their their lineage wouldn't have to experience a world like the ones that they were experienced, finding joy, finding song, finding dance, finding creation, even amidst turmoil, even amidst horrible conditions, even amidst trauma, um, being able to know um, that that life can go on and it can be better and we actually have so much more than than we're told and that our ancestors had so much more than they were told and they knew that and a lot of reason they knew that was because how john took them they took them away and that's that's like astral projection like we can we can still do that work of leaving our body somewhere else and, and having our spirit travel to do that work i astral project um i used to do a lot more i haven't so much recently but so, so I say that to say, hi, John. So you could kind of see that, like that, that humor. You could see that, oh, we going to go, what you worried about that for? Do you know who y'all are? Do you know who they are? Do you know who y'all are? Like, let me remind y'all who y'all are. So that the days didn't seem as hot. And so that the days didn't seem as long and being able to hold on to, yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff waiting on me. So this, this is not me. This is not my entire personhood. This is not a part of me. This is an experience that that I'm having and that um, that I can that I can leave when I want and that I can be freed from when I want, even if it don't look like I'm free. I can find freedom in this moment by choosing to project, by choosing to find joy, by choosing to sing, by choosing to dance, by choosing, you know, by choosing me. And we can we can learn so much from the story. I love that story so so much because it talks about you know the magic, the spiritual, um, the physical body. How black folks were able to like understand their bodies and spirits in a way that we could just separate the two off, and that's how we were able to survive. 
um, so, so long. And so um, I'm really interested in wanting us as black people and specifically um, black American folks to call on that spirit of high John. You know, we're going through another iteration of our in our own forms of of um, not not chattel slavery, but enslavement in our in, in different ways and school to prison pipelines and food deserts and um, lack of access to health care and wall building and just all this bullshit that's happening to how Johnson around like I'm waiting on y'all, you know, I'm waiting on y'all to call me. I'm waiting on y'all to get this route. I'm waiting on y'all to pray. I'm waiting on y'all to I'll take y'all away. I'll take y'all out of this. And so really encouraging us to really do that work to build our relationship. And that's what I'm trying to do now in my relationship with, with Hi John. Um, also want to note that um, she did actually talk about, um, she didn't name Lilith, but, but um, the story about John and the devil and the devil's daughter. Um, so I just, I'm, I hope that y'all enjoyed this portion and i hope that you learned a little bit more about high john the conqueror the embodiment of in the collective understanding of the wishes the hopes and dreams of our ancestors that was high john and we can call on him anytime we want to um so let's call let's call on him Oh, and as i said before you know the high john root is often used in success in difficult situations, people use high John in, I'm sorry, that's low John, um, in court case, chewing John, yes, in court case work, um, but high John and also just general success, I would add success against somebody trying to diminish your personhood, um, white supremacy, um, work around those topics, and also I know people who, uh, people use high John because it looks like it kind of looks like a scrotum. <laughs> so um, he that root is also used in sex work, meaning like stamina work, specifically for people who have scrotums and, and balls and shit. But I think it can be used for different types of bodies um, regardless. But I know traditionally um, it was it was used for people who identify as male Um for like better sex um because you know again high john kind of represents like real nigga energy like cool dude not really giving a fuck about the dominating who are in um, the dominant powers that be um not really giving a fuck about none of that <laughs> and the energy of doing what you want to do and laughing at, at laughing at niggas so he also represents you know with real nigga energy is coming like also someone who is like can perform sexually like also someone who's a cool nigga like also someone who gets girls like it's just fully like masculine real nigga energy that is high john the conqueror um so i hope that this was helpful i hope that this gave you all um I know it was like a light touch on on High John. There's just different, so many different stories. I encourage you all to look up some different tales about him and do your research. But I really just wanted to have a space where he's like grounded in blackness because he was a black man um, who worked for black people to do black ass things with black ass energy. And we all carry a lot of that uh, with us today. And so, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this episode 
and yeah shout out to shout out to hi john always so i love y'all i appreciate you thank you so much for tuning into another episode again thank y'all so much for telling me it's okay to rest Thank you to everyone who has donated to me monetarily with prayers, with love, with support, with posting about the podcast, um, with sending me your little juju stuff, all of that. I, I, you know, this podcast is continuing to grow in ways that I can't imagine. And I just, I just thank you all because it couldn't do that without my, without my community and without listeners. So, um, I hope that you all are feeling good today praying for your wellness praying for our collective healing together and praying that we get on our high john shit you know what i'm saying i'm ready for that high john shit like od and that we all just try to maybe build a little relationship with him look into getting the roots you can find them anywhere you know online um but again hit me up on the ig it's jujubay um hit me up on the email the jujubay at gmail.com i'm gonna get to the listener letters i promise um maybe next week at the end of the show i will do a listener letter so folks have you know i'm still answering questions um just trying to catch up and do everything but yeah me up i love y'all have a blessed week and we'll talk next week all you need is a little juju later